The search was almost certainly about much more than classified documents. There's a game prosecutors play. Let's say I suspect X committed an armed robbery, but I know X is dealing drugs. So I write a search warrant application laying out my overwhelming probable cause that X has been selling small amounts of cocaine from his apartment. I don't say a word about the warrant about the robbery, but I don't have to. If the court grants me the warrant for a comparatively minor crime of cocaine distribution, the agents are then authorized to search the whole apartment. If they find robbery tools, a mask, a gun, and the law allows them, this is where the raid of President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home comes into play. This is AC, your host of The War on Report, and we will discuss this after a word from our sponsor. All right, here we go. The court-authorized search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate is another unmistakable sign that the Justice Department is trying to build a criminal case against him arising out of the Capitol riot. The search relates to a long-simmering dispute between the former president and the government over Trump's potential illegal retention and mishandling of classified information. But don't be deceived. National Archives officials alerted the Justice Department months ago regarding missing records and the possible classified information violations. That owes to the chaotic atmosphere in which the Trump family decamped to Florida from the White House following the Capitol riot with impeachment proceedings and even talk of removing Trump from office under the 25th Amendment were underway. Reportedly, about 15 boxes of records were removed from the White House and shipped to Mar-a-Lago. The National Archives subsequently explained that much of the material should have been kept in the government's possession pursuant to the Presidential Records Act. After extensive negotiations, Trump agreed to return some of the materials in January 2022. Upon receipt, National Archives officials advised the Justice Department that the return materials included classified information. If true, that raises several issues. If Trump had not declassified these materials while he was president, then his continuing possession of them in a non-secure location was probably illegal. While presidents have unilateral authority to de declassify intelligence, they only maintain that authority while in office. It may not be exercised in the post-presidency. The return documents were thus potentially evidence of crimes. In addition, since it is believed Trump did not return everything that was shipped out of the White House in those hectic days of January 2021, there was significant reason to suspect he continued to retain classified information at Mar-a-Lago. One of the possible law violations, Section 2071 of the Federal, federal, sorry, federal Penal Code, includes its penalty provisions that upon conviction, a defendant shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. The ongoing proceedings implicating Trump, in particular the Justice Department's investigation and the House January 6th committee probe, seen geared towards undermining his capacity to sink the presidency again in 2024. Obviously, then there is speculation that the Department of Justice may be mobilizing now in order to trigger the Section 2071 disqualification. I doubt that. The Justice Department well knows that the qualifications for a presidential candidate are set out in the Constitution. They may not be altered by statute precisely because the framers did not want the executive branch to be dominated by the legislature, as would happen if Congress could disqualify 
incumbent or potential president simply by passing a law. The Constitution's qualifications for the presidency are minimal. One must be over 35 years old and a natural-born citizen. Being a felon is not a disqualification, so even crimes potentially far more serious than mishandling classified information are not a bar to seeking the presidency. Moreover, the Constitution also prescribes the basis for disqualifying a person from seeking the presidency or other federal office. Conviction by the Senate on an impeachment article voted by the House. Again, what is prescribed by the Constitution may not be altered by mere statute. In triggering disqualification, Congress would have to impeach and convict Trump. It cannot be done by criminal prosecution. The Justice Department obviously used the potential classified information as a pretext to obtain a warrant so it could search for what it is really looking for. Evidence that would tie Trump to a capital riot offense, either a violent crime such as a seditious conspiracy to forcibly attack a government installation, which is highly unlikely, or a nonviolent crime such as conspiracy to obstruct the January 6th joint session of Congress to count electoral votes or conspiracy to defraud the government. As previously explained, it is believed it would be foolhardy for the Biden Justice Administration to indict a former president on such debatable nonviolent crime charges. That is especially so when it comes to a former president who could be the 2024 Republican nominee. Since such charges would fuel the perception that Democrats are using the Justice Department as a political weapon. That said, let's assume Attorney General Merrick Garland contemplates bringing such conspiracy charges against Trump. If so, the DOJ would need to prove that Trump clearly knew that the 2020 election was not stolen by fraud, yet willfully persisted in deceptive schemes to prevent Congress from counting the state-certified votes that would establish Biden's victory. This is why in recent weeks the Justice Department has aggressively sought evidence from advisors close to Trump. In June, it executed search warrants on both former Justice Department attorney Jeffrey Clark, who sought to help Trump convince contested states of the false premise that the DOJ believed Biden's victory might be fraudulent, and constitutional law scholar John Eastman, architect of the legal strategy by which Trump unsuccessfully sought to persuade then-Vice President Mike Pence to discount electoral votes from key states won by Biden. About a week ago, the DOJ issued grand jury subpoenas to Trump White House counsel Pat Sapone and Sapone's deputy Patrick Philbin, who were aware of and reportedly pushed back against Trump's schemes to undo the election results. The Biden Justice Department is under enormous pressure from the Democratic base to indict Trump, and it's straining to deliver. But what it's trying to deliver is a capital riot case, not a case of mishandling classified documents. The War on Report says the Justice Department and FBI did not understand what they were doing when they ran 30 federal agents and technicians up the gut of Mar-a-Lago Club and into the living quarters of a former president of the United States. We know they blundered not from Attorney General Merrick Garland, who has gone into seclusion on this issue. We know it not from FBI Director Christopher Wray, whose only comments were to decry the death threats against its agents. No, we had to find this out from something was wrong when the justice didn't even have the brass to stand up and explain why it demolished 246 years of precedent and allowed government agents to rifle through the drawers of a former American president. We must assume both sources were speaking 
on authorization of their superiors. Otherwise, U.S. intelligence has a very leaky ship, a problem perhaps more serious than Donald Trump's classified memos. For Garland, this was an important step to break the silence and start rebuilding confidence in the Justice Department and the FBI. But the damage is real. This will bring us to the end of the episode. Our nation is being overwhelmed by the socialist progressive movement as shown on this podcast. Now is not the time to sit on the sideline and allow this destructive movement to succeed. We must get active and do our part to ensure faith, family, freedom, and our nation overcomes the bombardment from this progressive socialist movement. The keys are to get active in your community to ensure this ideology does not gain control in your city council or school boards. Vote against all candidates who align with this movement. And finally, inform and educate your family and neighbors to this destructive movement. I want to thank you all for listening to the War on Report. Remember, know the challenge, stay informed, and always vote for freedom.